0: Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, But the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up, man? It's Millie's, and I just jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove Bastard. Woo! I'm at the world my I hope God my friends, you know, I be with them drillers. out the bottle
1: All right, so we got my boy Millie's jumping off the porch with us today, man. How you feeling today,
0: bro? Feel good, bro. Yeah, man. Feel good. I nah, appreciate you. coming. Feel marvelous.
1: <laughs> there you go. Love to see the energy, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate you coming by. And first off, just go ahead and introduce who you got sitting behind you today, too, man.
0: Man, I got G. Nipsey, one of the hardest youngins coming out of my city for sure. I got Dada the Dilla. Got my day-to-day manager C's in the back.
1: There it is, man. Right, that's what's up, man. So what have you been working on here in Atlanta, man? What else have you been
0: working on since you touched down? Man, I just touched down. Oh, so you did? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just touched down. This is my first stop. Okay. So what else you have planned? You just on a promo run or you come down here to work? Yeah, you know, I, I fuck with the festivities. I like, I, I indulge in the strip clubs, shit like that. But other than that, I'm just on a press run. It's my first day of press for Blanco 5. Okay. That's what's good, man.
1: So how would you say the strip clubs here in atlanta compared to back at home then
0: is there any comparison no comparison no comparison at all atlanta got it atlanta got it yeah it's definitely one thing
1: atlanta is known for man it's definitely the the clubs down here but all right millie so you the first one from cambridge to sit on these steps man um i ain't gonna lie to you i don't know nothing about cambridge except for i think carver's there and Mm -hmm. that's all i know man so yeah. just
0: kind of talk about the life and the culture up there and,
1: you know, what, what's really going
0: on. Yeah, here. so Cambridge is just like a, it's a melting pot, you know, like a lot of different ethnicities. Um, a lot of people from the islands came there, Haiti, Jamaica. Then you got Irish people, you got Portuguese people, super melting pot. I grew up with, like, a lot of diversity around me, you know. Um, we produce a lot of the, uh, we produce almost more NBA players than any uh, other city in mass really we dig and we're one of the smallest yeah we got patrick ewing Romeo robinson michael carter williams pops is there he really grew up learning how to play ball in cambridge so you know um we produce a lot of talent man and um it's a dope city to grow up and you definitely get uh you definitely get introduced to a lot of cultures early mm. Do you feel like
1: the city's changed much over the years or is it pretty much still the same stuff going on? Yeah,
0: yeah, no, the city changed dramatically. Like, there was parts of the city that white people would never, ever, ever walk through. Like, it it just, there's parts of the city that I'm mind-blown when I, like, go through, like, Columbia Park and I see, like, white people laying in the grass, like, it fucking blows my mind. Or walking past the projects or even in certain areas, like, you know, like Western and Howard, like, it's just different to see um, white people. I remember when I was the only white person out there, so it's, it's, it's shocking, you know, but that's gentrification. They, they tore a lot of, they tore almost 90% of the city down and, and, uh, and built up new, like, you know, facilities and houses and shit like that. So it's kind of sad to see them strip a lot of the culture away. Yeah. For sure.
1: Where do you think those people are moving to, though? Are they just pushing them outside the city now? Yeah, you got to
0: move to, like, Everett, Malden, like, farther, like, Methuen, Lawrence. Like, you got to go, like, to other spots in Mass. A lot of Cambridge people move to Boston, too. They move, like, deeper to the parts of Boston that's not gentrified, you know, like, because Cambridge is right there with Boston.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so a lot of people will move, yeah, to, like, you know, like, probably uh, deeper in Dorchester, Roxbury, different shit like that. Okay. Is Cambridge real
1: different than Boston, or is it pretty much the same?
0: Yeah, it's different. Like, we got our own, we kind of got our own, like, dress code, you dig? Um, it Cambridge is a trap city. Like, it's, it's very active in getting money. Like, everybody who knows somebody from Cambridge, they, they're known for getting money, you know? So, yeah. like, that's our culture, for real. I got you. So,
1: when would you say you jumped off the
0: porch, Howard, were you? Jump, I mean there's levels to jumping off the porch, but I jumped off the porch probably like 12 years old. Like really like indulging in the streets, indulging in, uh, in trapping, shit like that. But a lot of that came from, a lot of that really came from like being in a special education class and being around all behavior disorder kids. Cause I was a behavior disorder kid. <laughs> so I'm around, you know, I'm around these six, same six kids every day. And it's like, these is the baddest kids in the school, so they're already off the porch, plus just being in my neighborhood. You know what I mean? So I feel like all of that shit, paused rubbed off on me. And, um, and yeah, like I, I, just, I just got involved early and I had to go through everything that comes with that shit, like everything that comes with it, so. Yeah.
1: Did you have like any OGs, any big homies out there or were you kind of just figuring it out as you went?
0: Yeah, we did, but, like, my, my OGs were, like, really, like, trap guys. Like, this is this is CMB. Like, this is where we get the money. Like, this is... I, I grew up at the tail end of the crack era, so I'm still coming up under 19-year-olds that got 300000 in cash. Like, no, you know what I mean? I'm coming up under that type of shit, and that's what I saw. That's what I idolized, like... I just idolized the Trappers. Those was my role models, but at the same time, they gave me ambition. They gave me the like the will to to go out there and try to be successful. They made me want to get splashy, throw that shit on, be respected, get the bitches, shit like that. But those was really my role models because like I knew my pops, but he wasn't really around like that in my formative years. So these are the adults that I'm looking at. The 19, 20 year olds that that's pushing through and. And that shit, good Lexuses, good Benzes, 100,000, two, 300,000 up, shit like that. Like dudes that were really getting caught up with, with bricks and, 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 and going for it. Like Cambridge, a real, real trap city. Like, yeah, so that, that, was, that was my role models. That was my OGs. We had basketball players, but I didn't look at them the same way as I looked at the trappers, you know? Cause the trappers was like, you, you, you could see them every day. Every day was like a highlight yeah yeah
1: so what did your mom's think I'm sure was she aware
0: of what you was into yeah hell yeah my mother knew what I was into like young because it's like you know I'm getting suspended from school I'm getting I I think I got arrested my first time at like 14 15 fucking with him you know what (laughs) I mean Nah. but uh yeah like my mother knew like real early um because I had got kicked out of school I couldn't do like regular school so I had to go to uh to a school in Charlestown, which is like an area of Boston. You ever saw the movie, The Town? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like where that's at. So I did all my schooling in like, in, in, in Boston over there. And that was like a bad kid school, only for 22 kids. And 22 um, kids in the whole yeah, school? Yeah, it was just 22 kids. But it was all the, like the, it was, it was all the nutcases. I went to school with real like insane kids, you dig? So I'm doing, I'm doing that. I'm going to school with these kids who's out of their fucking mind. And then I'm coming back to my neighborhood and fucking with people that's out of their fucking mind. And so it was just all of that, you know, mix all of that up. And, and then that, that brought me where I was at. That's it. So did you finish school or did you end up dropping out? Now I finished. OK. Yeah, I finished. I finished. I, I graduated with one kid. That was it? And, Out yeah, of the just, 22, yeah, just yeah, y'all just, two? just me and one. Because most of my school was like kids from like DYS. Like, you know, they were like in jail, but they had to go to the school. Oh, shit. shit like that. So you had that or like, it was just, it was a fucking mess. But, you know, I graduated though. I got my diploma. my mama.
1: <laughs> so was college ever an option? Was Hell no. I knew no. college
0: was not an option when I was 12 years old. <laughs> when I was 12 years old and they took me and put me in a little short bus and and put me in the uh the the class with six kids i knew college was out of there that's another reason why i was really off the porch because it's like all right i'm a trap now yeah i'm gonna do like because i know i'm not gonna make it in regular society so i'm gonna do this other shit that's available to me very available yeah
1: yeah so what would you say was one of the biggest lessons
0: you learned about being out in the streets that young man um I'd say the biggest lesson was like the downside of it, like, just a lot, a lot comes with it. And I try to touch on that in my music too. I always try to show the downside because it's like by the time I'm, I'm 18, you know, I really sat in them courtrooms and saw the judge tell people that I grew up with that, that I, I was with every day. I seen the judge tell them natural life. You know what I mean? I seen, I seen people get killed. You know, I, I had homicide detectives at my door and had to explain it to my mother. Like, that's the downside. Like, making your mother shed tears. Like, have to worry about you. The paranoia. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. ba da ba 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 feeling like a failure you know um it's a lot of downsides to it bro just everybody I know like everybody on my team to this day like music really saved all of this shit for us because everybody that I'm around got five six seven years in jail you know what I mean like so this shit is what's saving us but that's the downside like the downside is when Still to this day, if somebody doesn't pick up the phone, I think the worst, the absolute worst, cause you got PTSD from somebody's phone not being on. And not, and, and just knowing like, all right, he died or went to jail. That's the downside i say for yeah. sure. But I'm not gonna lie, like it's an upside that came with it too. Like the upside is the glory. I got pain and glory tattooed on me. So, you know, people don't get in that shit for nothing, but The downside is severe and a lot of people can't take that yeah
1: what's your thoughts on how social
0: media has uh, influenced and impacted the streets here these last few years I just pray I pray for the youth because like if I had social media when I was growing up like it would have been cliff for me like I can't even really like look down on the kids that like be dissing on a dad and doing all of this shit because I know like when I was that young I was hot headed and we really had smoke and we was really going through it and we was really up so I would have been probably saying all that stupid shit too. Now as an adult it seems crazy to me it's fucking ballistic to me that you would be in your phone incriminating yourself but they grow up with this shit. And they don't understand that it's a whole nother element at work. Maybe they'll see it now, like with the with the YSL shit and everything like that. Maybe they'll see it now, but it's nasty. But I can't really look down on it as I, I'll be a, I'll be around a lot of like people my age that'll be like, yo, these kids are stupid. But no, they grew up like that with these fucking phones. So I don't know what I would have been doing at their age. I would have probably been taunting my enemies too and shit like that. So. I just pray for the youth because social media made the streets impossible. It was already hard before, but the streets is impossible now to thrive. You better get some fucking money. You better get some fucking money. That's what I say. And keep it off the gram. Nah, for real.
1: Was there a turning point
0: in your life to where you
1: realized, I gotta get the hell out of the streets, man?
0: Yeah, like I grew um I was blessed to meet a man by the name of Seth Free, and he believed in my artistry. And I moved out to New York hmm. just to just to fuck with him. I moved uh, I moved to the Bronx apartment, wow, roaches. It, it didn't matter, you know. I took a step back from everything I was in. I said I'm gonna purely pursue this rap shit, and um. And that's the that's the first time like just being around him because he's a professional and he's hmm. bringing me around shit like this is he's just bringing me around the industry and I'm seeing that, oh no, this rap shit is possible because I'm around all these people that's blowing up. This is like when Joey Badass and like ASAP and, and Free kind of got me in that world. Like I'm seeing them and then I'm seeing them just elevate and blow up. And um, that's the first time where I was like, yo, the street shit is whack. Because when you think about it, what is a street dude essentially trying to do? They are trying to have a rapper's lifestyle. Hmm. Where back in the 80s, it might've been different. A rapper wanted a street guy's lifestyle now, what are you getting money for? So you could go to the club, pop bottles, fuck with bitches? Yeah, that's rap. You know what I mean? So it hit me, and I'm like, oh, now nah, why am I chasing the streets? And nobody was up on me at that point, so I knew it was like a graceful time for me to kind of um, try to try to distance myself, cause I didn't have to, you know, get no get back for nobody or whatever. Like I'm like I'm up. I'm I'm in a good place. I know I could just play defense now.
1: Was that a big leap of faith at the time, moving Fuck to New yeah. York? yeah.
0: Hell yeah. Because also, like, just moving to New York, like, first of all, like, nobody was with me. You got to make people believe. So I'm, I'm by myself. I'm taking the train and shit. Like, I'm taking the train and shit. I'm going to events by myself. I'm used because I was, uh, when I left New York, I was already at the top of the Boston scene. I was at the top. Like, there was no further I could go. I did Summer Jam with Nicki Minaj. You know what I mean? Shit like that. So I left when I was at, at the peak to be a nobody in New York and start from scratch. And I just had to put in work. I had to catch the train. I had to um, go to spots by myself, be in a club by myself, introduce people. I shook so many fucking hands in New York just introducing people to myself. Like, What's up, bro? Millie's. Yo. Just the way I know your platform, I knew everybody's platform rappers who I I knew the behind the scenes people I knew who to talk to so I really just put in that footwork but yeah it's hard it's it's hard like a lot of people would never leave that comfort zone I was in a comfortable position but I left to get uncomfortable and now I'm just comfortable being uncomfortable because I I I taught I had to show myself that you know there's
1: pretty much no room for growth if you're not gonna you know take those risks and be uncomfortable too or else like you said you kind of hit that ceiling like you did in your hometown then. Oh, God. Yeah. So what would you say was like your big breakthrough when you got to New York to where you was like, all right, this shit really is going to work?
0: I had a couple. Like, I met, I met Jada. I had a record moving called The Plug. It was booming in, in, in my hometown, in mass, period. And um, I met Kiss. And I was like, yo, would you jump on this? And he was like, yeah, just throw me what you're comfortable with. I got up. I got up the money that I had, I paid him for the feature, and that shit just started ringing. And then that gave me kind of like a tool to move around New York with. Um, and around that time, so, so I put in footwork with that record. But then around that same time, I had met a cameraman who worked at the BET Cypher in he would let me uh, come to the BET Cypher and just like kind of like watch everything that was going on. And he would say, yo, you never know, like a rapper might, uh, a rapper might not show up and, and they might put you in, you know? So just have some verses ready. Did so you I, believe
1: that? Or did you think he was just gassing nah, you? I know? believed it. Cause yeah. I just,
0: I, bro, I'm, a, I'm like a godly person too. You know what I mean? So I feel like I'm like divinely uh, watched over. And um, yeah, so I showed up, I showed up prepared. 2014, and I sat for three days, because they shoot it for three days, so I sat for three days, nothing happened. I'm like, all right, whatever. I practiced a whole fucking other year, because I knew I was probably gonna uh, have another chance in 2015. I came back in 2015, and I sat for three days again. I came back in 2016, and this time they said, uh, they said, yo, there's a rapper that's not gonna be able to make it because he missed his flight. It was he or she, I forget. But they said, yo, it's a possibility, because like, they need somebody else for the cypher. Hmm. So mind you, I'm the only person there with no PR, no label, it's just me. They don't even know why I'm in there. I'm, I'm there because of, I, know, I know one of my cameraman homies, like he gave me the drop on the location. So the cameraman tells me, it's my man Lil' Chris, shout out Lil' Chris. Um, he tells me, uh, yo, that's, that's the executives at BET, you should go talk to them and shit, like rap your rap. So I went over there. He's like, I sent him your link, matter of fact. So I see them looking at, at the link, but they're just super unimpressed looking at the link. And I'm like, um, I'm like yo, you think I should uh, go rap for him? He's like, yeah, bro, you might as well. So I go over there. It's kind of like a room like this. A lot of people there though, like, you know, they got catering and shit. All the rappers is eating. It's like Don Q and and A Boogie and M over there and Russ is there. Like everybody's like around in the vicinity. All the PR people, all you know, everybody with BET. And I go over there and I'm talking to Jesse Collins, Yomi, and I I wanna say Michelle, i be forgetting her name. But I'm trying to explain why I should be in the BET cypher and they just cut me off and they're like, uh, Jesse Collins cuts me off and he's like, rap.
1: Right there on the spot. Huh?
0: Yeah, so everybody's around. So I had to really, but I, I knew like, I got some, like as a rapper, I got certain like bulletproof raps. <laughs> that I know like, no matter what, I could be dead drunk. I could be on shrooms. I could be on acid. I could be, <laughs> you know what I mean? In a in, uh, in, uh, freezing Fahrenheit degree weather. But I'm gonna remember. This shit. So I had that for the BET Cypher and, um, you know, I, I rapped my rap and they wasn't even looking at me when I first started rapping. They were just like looking down. And when I get like eight bars through, they kind of like looked up at me. And now I'm like 12 bars through. Now they kind of like and They had 16 bars through. I feel the connection. I, and the rap. I'm just proud of myself that I did it at that point. And they're like, um, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll huddle up about it. We'll talk. So I go back to the table where like everybody's eating out and shit. And I'm talking to the BT staff that I've been talking to. And I'm like, yo, I rap. that, Yo, it might happen. And like 15 minutes later, um, the lady called me over and she said, uh, yo, you're in it. I'm like, I'm in what? When something happens to your kitchen, you might say this
1: is ludicrous,
0: but that won't fix your home. And so, like, long story short, I I ended up leading the Cypher off that year. And Charlemagne the God and Envy said I had the best Cypher besides Young young M.A., you know what I mean? Um, So, yeah, that was, like, a big moment for me because I was on national TV twice. They actually aired it twice. So I let off the BET Cypher. I let off the BET Hip Hop Awards, period. They took me down there, and me and my bro was on the, the the green carpet and shit like that, like around Cardi B, everybody, like it was super lit. So that was a breakthrough moment for me.
1: Did you rap the same bars that you had rapped for them, or did you have something different for the actual Cypher?
0: No, yeah, I rapped the same shit. That, okay. That, yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, no, that was what's up, man. All right, so going back to Kiss, man, so how'd you you know, get the chance to build up this relationship from, you know, just paying him for a feature
0: to, you know, having him like mentor you. Just, um, just like follow up. I got, I got such like an like a undying belief in myself as far as like what I bring to the rap game that I know. Like if I get next to anybody for two, three, four, five days, they're gonna see my potential. So, you know, that, that's kind of what happened with Kiss. Like I just kept getting next to him if he'd be booked at a club, I'd find my way into the club by myself. Just keep getting that face value with him, you know, that FaceTime with him. I'd just make sure to get where he was at. And um, yeah, he ended up just just, just seeing my potential, kind of. And, and it just grew like that. And then ultimately, his man Ice Pick J, who was like his manager, manager um, kind of like A&R, Icepick J ended up taking a liking to me and telling Kiss, like, yo, you should you should really sign Millie's. And we were already kind of like family, like tied in. So it went like that. What was your reaction? What was the? No, that's a hell of a look right there. man. Yeah, I was super hype. And it was it was was almost like a bittersweet thing. Because like a year after that, um, Icepick J ended up maybe even like three months after that, Icepick J ended up passing from cancer. So, um. Like, if you hear like Jay to Kiss's album, like Ignatius, like his last album, Ignatius is Ice Pick's government name. So he, he dedicated it to, to Ice Pick Jay, and I'm actually on that album with the 16, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, nah, su- super big look, but I, I was super excited because there's nobody in hip hop you could be co signed from that's more valid than Kiss. Absolutely, man. You know what I mean? He's at the, he's at the height of this shit as far as respect goes. Or uh,
1: what's been some of the best advice he's given you, whether it's just life or career wise?
0: Um, a lot of like the advice that he's given me hasn't even been like just like verbal advice. It's just been like shit that that I that I just pick up like watching him, just being around him, just seeing how he operates with fans with other rappers with the media like I really sat back and observed one day I told him some shit and he was like yo you're really observant like he, he was surprised but you know I just sat back and kind of like watched him and uh so that's kind of like the best advice but other than that you know he, he gave me advice like when I first met him I was I was I was still fighting I was doing stupid shit like I remember um it was a it was a show with uh him and, uh, him and Fab, Freddie and Jason, in Boston, and he found out that I was fighting outside. And he was so mad and I didn't get it at the time. But he was like, yo, you're an artist. First of all, you're not even supposed to be in front of the venue. Like artists go through it. You know, he just, he just made me feel dumb about like kind of how I was moving. And, and you know, I took that shit and took it in stride. Really had to wisen up. Yeah. All right, so. I was always curious, Millie's like, what is your you create a process like? Do you be writing your rhymes or do you be punching in? Do you come up with this off the top or? I'm like a mix of both. Like, cause if you know me, you know, like my style differentiates. Like I sing, you know, I do a lot of melodies, but then I do high level rap, the highest level. So if I'm doing high level rap, like, yeah, I like to, I like to pen it. Well, I write it in my phone for the most part. But then like all my choruses, like so if you hear like a song with like, um, like the me and Herbo joint or the me and Kiss joint, even the me and Mozzie shit, all of that's like me writing the verse. But then I freestyle the hook. Like I just go in there and I just freestyle the hook. And if, I, if, they, if somebody put me on like a drill joint or like a, um, or like a trap song, like sometimes I get features and they want me to go on like some trap shit or some, uh, some drill shit, I just punch in. So I pretty much do it just off the dome, but I go line for line, line for line. So yeah, my style—it it ranges. It depends. It depends what the assignment is.
1: <laughs> Understood,
0: man. Yeah.
1: And what about mood-wise? Like, what which mood would you say kind of brings out the best out of you and your music? It's like
0: when you're in a good mood, when you're pissed off at the world, or depression. Like I feel like I'm I'm a person who I could be very happy, like just moving around, like or or, or I almost portray myself as as somebody who could, who, who's, who's happy all the time, and I smile to get through a lot of shit. My core friend group is like that. Like, we laugh at, like, the worst shit. It could be the worst shit going on in life, and we laugh, and, like... But, like, a lot of shit is, like, when I, when I got to just sit by myself with my thoughts, that's when I pour out all of that shit that's really inside of me that I'm not showing to the world, because when I step out the door, I'm putting a smile on my face, you dig? Um, but when it comes down to writing the music, like a lot of my best music as far as like like what, what mood is best, mm-hmm. my natural mood goes to get this pain out of you, get, 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 get that depression off you, get whatever you've been going through off you. Like that's my natural inclination to the point where I try to even change it sometimes because it's like, I don't just want to be venting about, but this is really my therapy, you know, so. Yeah, that's, that's the mood. I, I would say that I, gotta, um, I just go on autopilot on, on, you know, depression and pain as far as when I'm writing music because it's been such a like, therapeutic escape for me.
1: Yeah. So where do you think you would be without music then?
0: It'll sound cliche if I said like where, where I'd be without music, but you could guess, you
1: know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so you've been in the studio with Snoop Dogg, man. Um a yeah. couple times, right? Or was it just this one yeah, time? Yeah, a okay. couple times. A couple yeah. times. So what's that experience like, man, being able to sit there with the, the legendary D.O. double
0: Incredible. He's he's everything you would think he is, you know? He's everything you would think he is. Snoop is 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 is, is really a, a pure goat, man, and like one thing about him like not only is 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 he humble to be the most famous rapper ever, cause I don't get him fucked up, like Snoop is the most famous rapper in the world. And I'm, I'm global, right? Like I go places, like I'm in Medellin, like go ask them who they know. Sometimes they don't know Drake, they know Snoop Dogg though. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, I be in Haiti, like I be, like I'm, I'm, I'm around like globally, Snoop is the most known, my mother knows Snoop. Like her friend, like everyone knows Snoop so to be the most famous rap artist in the world and still be so humble and still give back to like the young up and coming rappers is just incredible. Like he really sat with me, just talked with, like he, everything he did, he didn't have to do. Like he's posted me multiple times, sat there, uh, gave me game, you know what I mean? Snoop is just, he's the man, bro. He's a, he's a great, he's a great human being.
1: No, that's lit, man.
0: Legend. Yeah, speaking of
1: overseas, so you were just out in London, man. So what was that experience like and being able to sell out the show there
0: too? Yeah, London is a lot of love. We sold out London in a day, I think. We sold out London in a day. London is so much love that the way that it happened was I had so many people on my Instagram saying cold, cold, this is cold, cold, cold. And then I realized, what the fuck is that? And then I realized, oh, that's some London shit. Or that's some <laughs> England shit. That's like they slang, like how we say fire. This is... This is cold, this is cold. And I'm like, it hit me. I'm like, yo, I really got a fan base in London. And I'm like, I want to just go and tap in because I've told rappers before that was kind of hot in like Boston or mass, like New York rappers. I've told them, yo, just come out there and just move around. And they'd be like, well, I got to get booked. And I'm like, nah, no, you don't just come move around. And so I kind of took my own advice and I just booked the flight to London, you know, with the homies and, uh and we just booked the flight to London with nothing to do. No, I, actually, I had to do um, Fire in the Booth, Charlie Sloth. So we just, we just booked that just to come out there and do that. We didn't even know he was going to have a show. I just reached out to, uh, to, to I, I just put the feelers out there, like, if we could get a show. And they came back, and they're like, yeah, you could do like a 200-person venue and shit. And I'm thinking, y'all could probably do more, but fuck it, do that. And we put that shit up, and that shit sold out in a day. Um and and they knew my shit word for word. I'm walking around London like people taking pictures with me, bugging out when they see me in, like selfridge. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat,
1: then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive.
0: Bada bum at participating McDonald's is and shit like that. Um yeah, it was incredible. And a lot of that is from um my man made you think he runs like a like a blog page. You ever seen this shit? Mm-mm. Made you think one on one you should follow it. That'll let you know about like every uh, that'll let you know about every London rapper for the most part. Um, but he just took a liking to my music and he would post me a lot, and that shit really helped for real. That's all. Od, man. I love London though. When
1: you first started rapping, did you ever think your music would make it? You know, way over nah, there? No,
0: hell no, bro. It was just a surreal experience going out there, selling out a show. And then I rode on the plane back, and the person in the seat next to me was um, Steve Buscemi. Oh,
1: shit. You know the actor? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yo, this is crazy. So, yeah, I, I, had, a, I had a surreal trip in London. I'm coming back to school. I'm going to sell out a thousand. And, I, you know, I'm patched in. I'm, I'm patterned. That's how they say it. I'm patterned with, with, with gigs and uh and Coke and Paper Potter and like a lot of the different artists out there. Like I really tapped in with people.
1: That's dope, man. I saw you post on IG that um, Emotions with G
0: Herbo. You said that song really changed your life. Facts. How so? Just like, I feel like people's like perception of me. um, Cause I've always kind of had like the respect from rappers. You know what I mean? Whereas like the industry, the industry like never got it. But they don't see nothing until it comes to fruition but you know KISS was fucking with me but when Herbo started fucking with me I feel like in I put Herbo on a pain song which is like my core sound like Lior Cohen says when you cut an artist they bleed a certain record like I bleed that record that I put Herbo on that's my style that's me and Ray beats intricate bars pain melodic hook that's me you dig so I put Herbo on that and um and it just shifted the perception like you know he really rolled it out with me like he posted the same time I posted just off the love you know um and he was posting me before that like he had posted my freestyles I knew Herbo for a while so but for the public to see that it really made a lot of um, his fans like really look at me and and, and 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 tap into what I was doing. And then I kept following that up. So that put a lot of eyes on me. And at the time it put a lot of eyes on me, I had I had wild shit in the clip. I had shit with KISS and I had all I had a bunch of crazy records in the clip and I started dropping them. So yeah that that, that started propelling me to do millions. Like now if I don't do a million with a video it's a pure failure. Oh God. Nah, no, that record was really dope, too, man. Um, one feature that caught me off guard was the one with Asian Doll. Yeah. I
1: didn't see that one coming.
0: Nah, <laughs> I, I, I was just on the phone with, I was on FaceTime with Asian before I came in. Hmm. Like I got to tap in with him in the A. So
1: how did that all come about?
0: Man, I met um, I met Asian Doll, and, like, we were just partying. I was with my man, um, Loopy, and we was partying. We was at a strip club out here, and it was, like, a... Like, when we left, I, I had the culling and shit like that. And when we got out of there, um, we all was going to ride the, to, to the next spot or whatever. And it was, like, a big shootout started happening in the parking lot. And I, like, looked over, and Asian Doll was, like, doing her makeup in the mirror while, like, the shots was going off, like, super unfazed. And I was, like, she's crazy. And I like crazy people, so, you know? I vibe with crazy people. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So... So we tapped in and we did the record. Like after that it was just I don't know, we had like a different bond. So yeah, yeah we, we we patched in.
1: What's thoughts on the music scene back at home
0: right now? It's incredible. We got uh we got G Nipsey going crazy, Dada the Dylan going crazy, that's out of my camp, you know what I mean? But then um, you know, there's a there's a lot of artists that's going crazy. There's a lot of artists. I almost I almost don't want to get into saying names, cause then I'm gonna have to list like like 30, but like some of the notable people, like you know, Bia, Bia's going crazy. That's oh, yeah. family, love of the death. You feel me? the Lucas going crazy, and then there's so there's just so many other artists, even like uh Seven Nine Eight One Cal and them, like you heard of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they 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 got booked, but there's like a there's, there's, there's a whole, there's a whole uh, music scene that's bubbling right now in Boston and in Massachusetts in general, and I think that shit about to, that shit about to really go crazy like in the next six months. Yeah. Do yeah. you still feel like rappers need to move outside? For this sure. State to make yeah, it? yeah, that's one thing I'm not going to budge on. I really think you got to move the fuck out of there. Yeah. You got to move. You should move to Atlanta. Really, if you're in Mass, you should move to New York and figure it out the way I figured it out especially if you could rap um, because it's only three hours from you mm. and you could take the Chinese bus for $20. <laughs> so there's no real excuse. Other than that, you got a, you got a little family in Atlanta or something or, or, or L.A., go there. If that don't work, go to Houston, but get out of there. Get the fuck out of there. Wise words, man.
1: All right, so Blanco 5 on the way. Blanco Single. Yes, sir. So
0: what should fans expect on this new one, man? Real hip-hop, pain, emotion-based music, high-level bars. But at the same time, I'm so much bigger than just, like, a high-level rapper because I really weave in intricate shit about my life that only I can say. So... You know, if you want something to, to, to ride to, it might not be that shit to, I got shit for the club, you know, but it, if you really want uh, music to live to, this is that, like, this is that shit that'll get you through something that you're going through. Yeah. How long have you been working on this? Um, I started working on it right after, because, like, what happened was Blanco 4 dropped, and for the first time in my life, I'm like, oh, I'm hot. It's happening. So for the first time in my life, I had to really, um, uh, get an album together, because I knew I got leverage now. I just got a bag for Blanco 4. So I know I could go get a big bag if I just hurry the fuck up and make some music. So what I did was all the money coming in, boom, I'm getting 15K for a feature, give me that, give me that, give me that. Spend that on Airbnbs and just creating a vibe in Medellin, uh, in, in LA. We just kept um, creating vibes and bringing the engineer to the house. So. At the same time, as I'm hot, I'm staying hot on social media because I'm filming videos, and then, usually I'm used to, like, I could just duck out and just be um, and just be by myself in the studio and, you know, not in promotional mode, but I knew I had to stay in promotional mode while I made an album, and it was the first time I ever did that. And, uh, and yeah, we, 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 I just took all my resources and I created this music, and because of that vibe, it came out so fire, bro, like... So yeah, that's so. But your question was how long it took. I would say probably like, like four months or something like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so how did
1: Ashes in the Maybach with Mozzie come?
0: Ooh, what a fucking record! It's going up, man. It's super going up. That's my fastest growing record. Um, man, that shit came about just, just like really, really naturally. Like Mozzie was on my list of people I wanted to work with. Hmm. You dig? Like Mozzie was on my list like I had 20, 30,000 ready like yo I want to find Mozzie and I want him on my because he's one of the guys that we listen to. He's one of the guys we respect. He's one of the last high level rappers. It's a very, very short list of high level rappers that have pain, emotion based music too. A lot of the high level rappers just be rapping about rap. There's a very short list of the ones that really talk that shit and he's on that list so I was looking for him and my man David Ali um, connected the dots. And when I got to him it wasn't even a money thing, he didn't want no money. It was incredible to me, he didn't want a fucking dollar, he said I respect what you do. And we, uh, we locked in, in the studio, I brought him the record, I had that record with his name on it forever though, for <laughs> probably like three, four months. Like, I knew, like, nah, this is Mozzie right here. I know exactly how he's going to rap. And I showed up at the studio. We was, like, 90 deep because we were just moving like that. This was at the time when we were getting all the Airbnbs. I'm flying everybody out of the neighborhood and shit like that. And he embraced everybody that I was with. Like, all my little homies love Mozzie to death because he just shows so much love. He's so genuine. And he, he did exactly what I thought he was going to do on the record. He went crazy. I mean, like, if you break down his bars on the record, it's so intricate and... Like as a rapper, it blows my mind. But um, right after we did the song, he's like, yo, when you leave LA? And I'm like, shit, we leave tomorrow morning. He's like, "Whoa, well, let's shoot the video tonight.
1: That's it.
0: And that was mind blown. I'm like, all right, let's do it at the Airbnb. And he really pulled up. And um, you know, I was talking to Kiss about that. And, and Kiss was like, how many times have you done a song for a rapper for free and then told him to shoot the video? And I was like, never. I gotta start keeping it a little more real, like, cause he just, Mazi kept it, kept it too real. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. You dig? Um, So yeah, like we shot the video and it's just, it's it's organic. That's why it's doing numbers like that. It's it's pain driven, but it's kind of like a triumphant type song too. And the video is just, you can't fake it, man. You can't fucking fake it. So, yeah, shout out Mozzie, Gangland. For sure, man. You also got Styles P on the album, too. SP, it's my big bro. I'm from that locks claw, so I've been around Styles as long as I've been around Jada. i be around Kiss more, but, but SP's like, yeah, he's like, he's like a big bro, for sure. I feel like he's so underrated too, man. He's O.D.
1: one of the top MCs ever. O.D. Man.
0: of all time, right? Absolutely. Man. O.D. Yeah. Uh How'd you get Peasy on this record called Glory? Peasy, my man, too. Like, so Peasy, I wasn't hip to Peasy and really what he meant to to music until he got out of jail and I just saw him on every blog and I was like, I right, let me click on this page and see. You know who he is and i seen it said follow back and i'm like oh he's already in tune with my shit hmm. so i reached out to him and he was like yeah kiss be posting you like you know i'm in tune with your shit and so we just built a relationship he just wow cool i was um trying to get trying to get the verse you know for a minute and and laugh right right before like we wrapped the album up he sent that shit through so yeah he snapped on that he's shit a legend too. and and i feel like i relate to peasy in a way that like I heard him saying how he been like Benny and Peasy is people I feel like you know PZ was saying he been the man in Detroit like Mm -hmm. way before he was popping like way even before he went to jail all of that and I relate to that as far as being like an underground superstar where I'm from. And that's how Benny was saying he was in Buffalo and like so it's a little different when you've been grinding and you've been somebody for for 10 some years, but then you get some national exposure. So I relate to the hustle, you know, but yes, yeah, uh,
1: and you got the video for a uh, rearview mirror with Jada
0: that one dropping uh, tomorrow, man. yeah, yeah, rearview mirror that should actually drop tonight it'll be out by the time this airs <laughs> oh this airing quick yeah next week yeah all right all right all right so yeah um yeah rearview Mary crazy just a hard hip-hop record produced by Buckroll beats Buckroll beats got some of the most like fire like new school but boom bap type hip-hop beats i don't even say boom bap i don't fuck with the boom bap shit like that i would say just east coast hard instrumentals Buckroll beats produces those and so yeah like it's a a mando for me to get kissed on every project like because every jada verse is gold it's golden and this is one of those
1: what's the chemistry like when you guys are in the studio cooking up there
0: man um usually I bring them the record you know like we've we've cooked up on the spot together though It's, it's always just interesting because you know you rapping with the best rapper alive and so you gotta look at him and just he just be you know um, he don't write like he might like write like a couple notes but then like he kind of moves the phone and just writes him. like this shit he wrote it in his head like Biggie and he just went in the went in the booth and, and, and laid it but like yeah, it's it's always interesting it just makes you want to rap better if anything yeah. you know you want to rap really fucking good dog so
1: May 27th the album drops May right
0: May 27th. Memorial Day weekend. I just told C's, get me booked everywhere. <laughs> I want parties. I want party all fucking weekend.
1: It'll be down there in Miami, man.
0: Nah, nah, no. Nah, I'm doing it in Mass. That's where the bag is bigger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So looking ahead, what's next for the rest of 2022? Man, gonna just
0: go crazy. Just. Like, you know, I, I, I produce music at a fast rate, so I just want to drop. I'm going I'm to I'm drop this, let this run the summer, and then I'm going to just keep dropping music. And then we got artists coming, we got G. Nipsey coming, we got Dada the De Daler coming, and they're going to go fucking ballistic. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to produce a lot of music just from this, you know, Sped Life tree, for real. What's some advice you would share to youth coming up right now, Millie? Honestly, bro, like, I was thinking about it last night, like, I give a lot of advice to the youth, I, I give a lot of advice to the youth, but sometimes I'll be feeling like, you know, I fail the youth at the same time because I want this rap shit to hurry up and save people's lives. Like this rap shit saved me and all my homies' lives. And like the other day, like one of my little homies got bagged and I was feeling like, damn, I kind of failed him because if I had my money up and I was it's like a race to save my youngins. That's how I feel. Sometimes it's like a race to save the youth, because I know if I was all the way up and had the had the crib in Cali or like if I was all the way where I was supposed to be, I could really have them out of the way because you could give them advice. But more than giving them advice, you got to get the youth out of the way and 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 I've tried to do that but some, it, it just it hurts my heart sometimes to feel like 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 I failed because like I need this this process to accelerate so I could get where I want to go and be able to really just get them out the way cuz you could talk to them you could give anybody advice you could go give somebody in jail advice right now on how to live but that shit don't mean nothing cuz they still got to walk a tear with murderers you know what I mean, and conduct themselves how they're supposed to conduct themselves in that environment. So it's like, I could give the youth advice, but really, I'm trying to get the youth out the way. That's the only thing I know how to do. I might not be the best role model, but I know that if I can get them out of their environments and take them on a road with me and show them this rap shit, like that's stronger than any advice I could give them. You know what I mean? No, that's real yeah. All right, you got any shout outs you'd like to give before we wrap it up here? Man, shout out all my bitches, you heard? Nah. Oh, shit, man! Shout out, uh, Dirty Glove Bastard, you heard? Off the porch. I like this. I like this platform for sure. I like that y'all got a basketball hoop in here, so I can really <laughs> display my skills. Shout out the fans, though. Shout out the fucking supporters, because anybody that's riding with me, that means you're not just being brainwashed by national media. And, you know, um the the artist is forced on you through playlists and, and all the majors and shit like that. you really tapped with some organic, unique, independent music. Boom! I hope God forgive my friends. You know I be with yeah. them drillers. Drinking liquor out the bottle. Know it's killing my liver. Slide upon you.